0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 268 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Pressure-proof your riding. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible.
0: Our sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products, Sketch, and Road to the Horse.
2: Welcome to the Stable Scoop. With weekly shows delivered right to you With Helena and Glenn the Geek Live from the stable It's every week they bring bringing the news through Hail, hot water While using their tails as their own fly swatters So sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause
0: it's time again for
2: Stable School
0: I am Glenda
1: geek and I'm Helena B and you're listening to the stable scoop radio show on the horse radio Network
0: well first we want to apologize for Helena's hollow soundingness um, she's had a lot to drink for breakfast that isn't sounding so good so <laughs> <laughs> actually her microphone had a lot to drink for breakfast and isn't <laughs> sounding so good <laughs> We have to order her a new mic. Apparently, hers decided to die right before the show today. Uh, so uh, so we, got, we at least can do the show. You're just going to sound a little hollower than usual, not as rich and beautiful.
1: Oh, damn. I really strive for rich and beautiful.
0: <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get her a new one ordered before next week's show, and it'll all be fine. Uh, we'll do that. We'll get that done. Well, I saw some pictures of you over the weekend riding somewhere. Yes, <laughs> looking all spiffy. You were looking all spiffy too, all I, dressed up. And.
1: I, well, I wasn't dressed up exactly. I mean, I was clean. That's. I think that's what you. Yeah, said.
0: I think that's what I meant.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we. Um, my teammate Kim and I rode in the Westport Hunter Pace on Sunday, which is a gorgeous route. They say it's eight to ten miles, but I think it's more like ten to twelve. We had it was a really long route. It's absolutely beautiful. Where was this? I, It's in Westport, Massachusetts, and the route, it's one of their hunt routes, and uh, it goes down along the Westport River on the south coast of Massachusetts, and there are some gorgeous ocean views. It's just amazing to be able to really, to be galloping along these open meadows and fields and have a view of the Atlantic Ocean in front of you. It's, It's humbling.
0: That is really cool. Who who gets to do that?
1: <laughs> Me. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> and 150 other people and their horses. So this is really
0: below cool. Plymouth yet and along the coast?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. It's not quite Cape Cod. It's sort of ha- halfway between... The beginning of Cape Cod and the Newport, Rhode Island area. So oh, good! It's cool. just one town over from where I live, and
0: what's the countryside like? Is it hilly or woody or open? It's
1: or? rolling meadows. There's some there's some woods, but it's mostly um, open meadows, rolling farmland. Gorgeous cool. stone walls, <laughs> natural jumps. It's it's very it's,
0: New England, huh?
1: It's very New England, and um, but it's a, a lot of fun to ride because it is open. The footing is is fantastic around here i I just think that the the coastal um environment is great just makes a really good footing i don't know how to explain it but the soil just seems to hold on to enough moisture it drains well but it holds on to enough moisture to keep things cushy
0: well that's fantastic so you had a great time you did the whole thing and brody looked good
1: yeah, Brady was, like, junk by the time we finished, though. He's so not fit. <laughs> I do, like... So I who went...
0: was more not fit, you or him?
1: Oh, God. It was, it was a tie because my <laughs> butt was killing me by, like, mile eight. I, I had to, like, I kept taking my feet out of the stirrups and putting them up over my knee rolls, and, <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my left butt cheek hurts, and then my calf hurt, and then I had to couldn't feel my pinky toes, and... Kim was complaining. She's like, my ankles hurt. My knee." we were just, oh my God, we were so funny. But, um, Brody was just tired because, well, Brody's a 15-year-old old-time Appaloosa. Okay? He's, he's stocky. He's about 15 one-hands. He's small. But he's, you know, he's in really good health and lightly fit. Kim was on a five-year-old chestnut thoroughbred gelding. <laughs> 17 hands. Almost 17 hands. <laughs> And uh, so we had to keep up with Whiskey. You know, his stride is like twice as long as Brody's, and but Brody's got a lot of like going on, You know, he he wants to go. You let him go, he'll rip it up. And Kim and Whiskey's problem was that if she let him go, she has a five-year-old chestnut thoroughbred on her
0: hands. Right, exactly. In an it's- open field. She's going to, if she lets him go, she's going to be gone. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: We had an agreement, you know, like if anybody yells, holy sh, S-H-I-T, <laughs> that means pull your horse up. <laughs> but we didn't, we actually had no problem at all. Both horses were very, very well behaved, um, but especially Whiskey for being the type of horse that he is. Kim just handles things really well. Like we had to go through, you know, those big hay bales, the round bales that they wrap with uh, white plastic.
0: Like yes, yeah, the, yeah, that white plastic they put all over them. Yep,
1: they're let's just they're great big white things. Yep. yep, we had to ride in them, around them, and the horses like didn't blink an eye. There were bee, keep there was beekeeping equipment all around. Again, like bright shiny things. Horses didn't bat an eye. Um, there were at one point we had to go on the road and there was some traffic. Not a problem with the horses. There were come- some bugs out again. Not a problem with the horses. However, we're coming through the woods. It's a narrow path. You can only go single file. It's it's dark. It's woodsy. There's pine needles everywhere. And there was a, a stick in the ground with some pink tape around it so you didn't step in the hole. That was a problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I, what things they pick out, isn't it?
1: Not for whiskey, but Brody was like, yeah, no, uh-uh, no, 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 no. let's go backwards. <laughs> Not only would he not go forward and pass it, he wanted to go backwards. (laughs) But I gave him some pony kicks and he got over it.
0: Isn't it funny what, what, what it's the things that we think they're going to spook out, they don't. And then these little silly things they do.
1: Well, Brody, he does give the hairy eyeball to anything that's white. So if the street lines, you know, the, the lines on the edge of the road are white, you know, the painted white lines. He always gives that the, the hairy eyeball or a really brightly colored rock or something, anything that's white and bright. So we passed 100 white and bright things. Not a problem. This pink thing just did not fit the pattern of what he's not okay with. Whatever. <laughs> you know, you you just make it work. I pony kicked him. I was flapping like a chicken, man. <laughs> It's Like, and there's because there's like 20 people coming behind you, you know, and you can't right. hold a whole crew.
0: It is a hunter pace.
1: Oh man, it was ugly,
0: but fun, huh?
1: Oh, it was so much fun, and I slept like the dead that night.
0: <laughs> Jennifer's looking at doing one uh this weekend, uh, just south of here near Tampa, so she's looking at going out. Actually, she has a choice to go to the hunt or the hunt, hunt on Saturday, the hunter pace on Sunday. So she's trying to decide which one she wants to do, because he's certainly not going to do both. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. Well, we are gonna we have a terrific show planned for today, and i got to tell you a little bit about my weekend. Um, we have coming up today one of our favorite people, and I know one of your favorite people, and that's Daniel Stewart, has his new book out called Pressure Proof Your Riding. And of course, Coach Stewart's been on our show a number of times, and you've talked about him a number of times because you've been to his clinic, and, um, and, and uh, we've, we've had him on the show many, many times. But he has this new book, and it's absolutely terrific. We just got a copy in from the publisher, and uh, I love how it's laid out, and we'll talk more about that as as the show goes on. Plus, you have a product for Tack and Habit that we're going to talk about.
1: Yes, I do. Yes, I do.
0: Something uh, for your feet, but not what you're thinking. Something so. for your feet. <laughs> Something that's a completely different concept, so we're going to talk about that as well coming up in the show today. But before we do, I wanted to mention that you you just don't want to miss the Road to the Horse International 2014 at the Kentucky Horse Park March 14th through the 16th for the World Championship of Colt starting. Watch Dan Steers from Australia, Antoine Clot from Switzerland, and Jonathan Field from Canada, and the first ever Road to the Horse wildcard competitor as they face off to see who will walk away with the title of World Champion. Watch, learn, and be inspired to reach a higher level of horsemanship at Road to the horse plus enjoy the largest shopping experience yet find out more at road to and the horse radio network is an official media sponsor of road to the horse and we will be there so uh we'll be up there recording some shows at road to the horse so you can look for us we'll have a booth even so you can look for us at road to the horse kentucky horse park um march 14th through the 16th beautiful time to be in kentucky because the ice is left by then
1: yeah yeah, you're
0: over the ice thing. I yeah, <laughs> I'm really over the ice thing by the that. That's the only reason I agreed is it was March if it was January it would have been like <laughs> you're on your own people we're not coming. But so that's that's fun. We went uh, over the weekend. Uh we had a good time. We're going to talk about that. I went to the American Driving Society's annual meeting in Aiken, South Carolina. My first time in Aiken. So uh, we'll cover a little bit more about that after we talk to Daniel Stewart. But let's get Daniel Stewart on the line here. And while we're giving him a call, you can take a listen to a Nutrition Minute from Kentucky Performance Products. (laughs) Joint Armor from KPP provides your horse with the building blocks necessary to maintain healthy joints throughout his lifetime. Kentucky Performance Products Quality Assurance provides you with the confidence that you are purchasing a safe, high-quality product. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Joint Armor is concentrated and affordable. One jar lasts a whole 75 days. Joint Armor helps maintain fluid motion and flexibility in your horse's joints. It also supports normal cartilage development and reduces joint deterioration. Learn more about Joint Armor from Kentucky Performance Products and all their other terrific products at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com.
1: Daniel Stewart has been a successful international trainer and instructor for over 25 years. In addition to the U.S., he's trained riders in Spain, Portugal, Canada, Mexico, Belgium, the United Arab Emirates, Greece, and the West Indies. All places I'd like to go someday. Yeah. <laughs> well, except the U.S. You know, I was kind of born and raised here. It's not really very exciting. From 2000 to 2006, he coached riders on several U.S. equestrian teams to success at world championships, world equestrian games, and the Olympics. As the internationally acclaimed author of Pressure Proof you Riding and Ride Right, he's widely considered one of the world's leading experts on equestrian sports psychology, biomechanics, and athletics. Daniel teaches clinics and seminars to thousands of riders each year and is a popular guest speaker at many national and international equestrian conventions, as well as a regular guest here on the Horse Radio Network. Coach Stewart has been the subject of numerous magazine and newspaper articles, is the equestrian sports psychology expert for the Horse Radio Network, and is the mental training coach for the USEA website. I need a mental training coach for just life, I think. (laughs) Uh, so I don't not know traveling. if he helps with
0: marital stuff and you know <laughs> relationships I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't we? we have an expert for that stuff, right've we had <laughs> Well when Daniel's not traveling to teach his sold out clinic tours, he holds online sports psychology sessions via Skype and teaches online certification classes to train riders how to teach his sports equestrian sports psychology seminars and rider fitness workshops. I'm very happy to welcome Daniel back to the stable group show.
2: Well, hi there. Well, it is very nice to be back. I, I, I think I took a little bit of a break from, uh, from speaking with you on the Horse Radio Network for a while while I was writing my new book. But it's, it's, nice to be, uh, it's nice to have a few minutes in the day to be able to speak with you instead of having to have a pen and paper and write all the time. So thank you for having me back. I sure, sure enjoy it.
0: Well, you're welcome. And now you two got to spend some time together this summer, didn't you, Helena and Daniel?
1: We did, yes. There was um, a clinic that sounds bad. That sounds like you need that marital (laughs) that marital therapist. Yeah, right after we talked about about the marital stuff. That's pretty good. oh Glenn you're so
2: smooth.
1: You're so smooth.
2: (laughs) That was super smooth. Good job. (laughs) This
1: is why we called them the troublemaker. And he doesn't mean to, he just walks right
0: in. Daniel's wife doesn't listen. We're fine.
2: She doesn't (laughs) listen. My wife is a scuba diving instructor. She listens to the other radio stations. That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is she really? I didn't know that.
1: That's
2: awesome. Oh, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's terrific.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Do they have? Do they have? You, I mean, you can't listen to podcasts in your scuba gear, can you? <laughs> <laughs> you can. Oh, that's when a was good
2: a, idea. Would that be fun to listen to music underwater?
1: Jeez. Well, when I was a competitive swimmer, we used to have music piped into the pool. Yeah. Sure.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like, hour after like,
1: hour. Yeah. Yeah, you're going for that last 50 meters, and you just you need something. The Rolling Stones, the Who, somebody in there keep going. All right, but that's water. We're talking about horses, and yes. um I had the pleasure of attending one of Daniel's clinics up here in Rhode Island this summer, and we the exercise we you had the riders do was the playground, right, Daniel?
2: But it's funny. I had you do the playground, and doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't it yeah. sound like, <laughs> the playground? I get to ride in something called the
0: playground. You get the swing on the swing. It, and the swing and, uh, it yeah, does. Yeah. It sounds a all fun baseball. and warm,
2: and, and <laughs> how can I sign up, and I can't wait and then you sign up, and you get there, and you find out it's the most ridiculously horrifyingly difficult thing you could ever imagine <laughs> wanting to ever do. So, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of trick everybody into doing the, the crazy difficult clinic by calling it the playground.
1: <laughs> it was, but it was the the point was to pr- help pressure proof your riding, and and the exercise put the riders under pressure, and then throughout the course of the clinic you gave them some really helpful techniques on how to ride through that pressure to achieve their best even in this this one particular exercise
2: yeah you, you know the, the the clinics are wonderful you know it's hard as hard as i make them sound they are wonderful and they they sort of follow two really important principles. The first one is called simulation training. So if, um, if, you're going to, if you plan on experiencing pressure or show jitters or nerves or getting distracted, if you, if you plan on putting yourself into riding situations that might create those, might create distractions or pressure, so if you're going to put yourself into competitive situations or even recreational situations that might create those things, then it's important in our practices to simulate them. You know, so it's called simulation training and it's, we 're good with that because we know that, that if a horse needs to go through water on cross country well we 're going to simulate water in our practices so we 'll simulate water by putting a, a tarp on the ground or a little bit of a water on the ground or make him walk through a puddle we 'll slowly desensitize him to water by exposing him to water in his practices. so when he sees water um, on course cross country he 's desensitized to it so the, so the bottom line with the, with the pressure proof clinic program is that if we're going to experience pressure and show jitters in competitions, let's desensitize ourselves to them by feeling pressure and show jitters at home. You know, so obviously the more, the more you experience the, the challenges, things that are difficult, the more you experience them in your practices, the greater chance you have of learning and understanding that you're capable of overcoming them. But if we, um, if we simply say, boy, I get, I get nervous and distracted um, under pressure, what a shame. You know, and then you go and you compete and you get nervous and distracted. Well, unfortunately, the brain doesn't let the body be at its very best. So, um, yeah, so this program pressures and distracts and rushes and does all these horrible other things to the riders in their training so that they can figure out how to, how to, how to deal with them, how to control those emotions in our practices, which, uh, you know, which allows them to figure out how to do it on competition day as well. So, yeah, you're right. I pressure the riders, distract them, rush them. And uh, and then throughout the clinic, I'll 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 do my best to, to give them tools, you know, um, uh, uh, what what they can do to improve their ability to ride well under pressure, you know. So if uh, if a rider, you know, if I'm talking to a rider and he's listening to me in the middle of his course, I'll yell at him and I'll say, Hey, stop listening to me! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's horrible, but but you're on course there's only one thing that's important right now and that's that's all two things i guess you and your horse so i'll try and distract the rider on course they'll be on course and i'll ask the rider what's your horse's name they'll look at me they will go well his name is glue factory and i'm like don't talk to me don't answer my questions keep your head in the game stay focused and and that's just a, a, a neat little neat little way of telling the rider that hey yeah what's going on right now is about my horse and i it's not about Coach Stewart it's not about people watching it's not about what the judge thinks it's about it's about what's happening right now in this bubble that is full of my horse and I so pretty neat clinic thanks
1: it was a lot of fun and I was not I I was auditing and I had the chance to scribe for Daniel and sort of keep track of what was happening with each of the riders as they went through the course and I thought, well, this is easy. <laughs> I can do this. Oh no, 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 no. There's plenty of pressure trying to keep track of what's happening because it's happening so fast and you're trying to write these things down and there's a group of people behind you. So, if you have a chance to attend one of these clinics, don't feel like you're missing out as an auditor. There is plenty of opportunity to figure out how to how to deal with pressure whether you're on the ground or you're in the tack, It was really, and it was fun. You know, I, it's not horrible at all. I think, Daniel, you're being a little humble, but it's a, you make it a lot of fun. There's, there's lots of humor. There's a, a tremendous amount of opportunity to, I would say one of the things I liked the best was that you actually give the riders the freedom and the mental space to think and process individually. You, you don't micromanage their learning. So I think right. each person ends up learning to, from themselves.
2: You know what? If if I do a good job, you're right. If I do a good job, I can. I, I believe I can create a clinic that's that's very difficult, very challenging, but at the same time entertaining. And and I and at the end of the day, we need to remember that we're we're sort of blessed because we get to do what we love. But we also have to love what we do. You know. So so if I pressure a rider and they they get upset and frustrated and the tears start to come out, then then. Then, then there's a, a, a sort of a, a different tangent I can take with that rider, and that that tangent might be entertaining. So I might try and make that rider laugh or giggle a little tiny bit, um, you know. So, so I think I'll do my best to work with each rider individually. But at the same time, I truly believe that that the riders can learn through these clinics in so many different ways. They learn by they um, they can learn by watching the other riders in the class. I mean, that, they they can learn by that. But but I think perhaps one of the greatest morals of the story, and this isn't just a riding lesson. I think this is a life lesson. Um, I truly believe that the riders learn through making mistakes in my clinics. So I'll give them a really they'll give them a difficult course to ride, um, and and you know this. I'll put the clock on them. So I'll give them a difficult course. If they forget their course, if they pull a rail, or if they go too fast or too slow, then I'll give them fault. I'll give them time faults and I'll give them penalties. Well, if they score too many, then at the end of the clinic, they have to dismount and do 100 sit-ups in the dirt. So not only is there pressure and rushing, but there's punishment involved. Um, And and I think the important moral of the story here is in the beginning, I'll make the clinic very difficult and I'll allow the riders to make a little bit of a mistake. So let's say they're supposed to complete the course in 30 seconds. They complete it in 36 seconds. Well, they went six seconds too slow. Now they have a choice. They can go back into the corner. They can await their next course and they can say to themselves, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. I went six seconds too slow. I made a mistake. Or the rider can go back to the corner and say, wow, I was really slow. I'm going to move my horse forward. I'm going to put my leg on. I'm going to ride more confidently next time. And what that rider does is they prove that we can learn through making mistakes. And I think this is just such a wonderful moral for life in general. Um, Allow ourselves to make little mistakes because mistakes should not be considered missed opportunities. Um, I truly believe they should be considered learning opportunities. Um, Every time we make a little mistake, we get a little bit smarter. If If we're confident, if we allow ourselves to look at the mistake, own the mistake, identify what caused it, and then go out and try it again and fix it. So when we make a mistake, go out and fix it, well, I have to believe that's the pure definition of improvement learning through challenges, learning through difficulty, learning through pushing ourselves outside our comfort zone. And when we do that, we might make mistakes from time to time, but it's those little mistakes that teach us how to get better. So um, so the pressure-proof clinics, um, I agree with you, they're very difficult, but if I do a good job, I'll have the riders laughing and giggling and learning um, through making little mistakes. So uh, we might and, – and, and I truly believe there's only two kinds of riders, those that start slow and and end and frustrated and those that slow and end strong. And that's, I think, what we're trying to teach here is allow yourself to make little mistakes. Um, and like I said earlier, it's a great riding lesson, but I think it's a life lesson. If we have a young rider who, who doesn't pass their driving test, you know, they practice and they, they study, that, but they don't pass their driving test, well, they can go home and get sad and frustrated and cranky and say, I'm never going to drive. Well, they made the mistake, but they didn't really learn from it. Or they can go home and they can go, hey, Mom, can I have the keys? Can you take me out and teach me that parallel parking thing? I'm really tragic at it. And then they're going to learn from the mistake of not doing the parallel park. They're going to figure it out. They're going to do it well. They're going to get their test, and they're going to pass it next time. So that rider, that youngster, learned that making a little mistake from time to time makes us better, makes us stronger. And, um There's a a, a crazy technique. It's called push to failure, and perhaps that's what I do in these clinics is I push the riders to the point where they'll make a mistake from time to time. Um, Like a muscle man, he'll lift the weight so heavy he can only do it twice, but he'll tell himself to try it a third time. Even though he can't do it a third time, he he tries, he tries, he tries, but he fails. Well, what ends up happening is the muscles of the muscle man well, they grow and they get stronger. And I believe that if a rider pushes himself outside their comfort zone, does things that challenge them a little bit and things that might cause them to make mistakes from time to time. I truly believe that those mistakes, like the arms of the muscle man, I truly believe the rider grows and gets stronger through making the mistakes. So... Um... So anyways, yeah, difficult clinics, if I do a good job, I I believe I can make them very enjoyable and and a a ton of fun. And then at the end of the day, I think we teach a moral of the story that, that might go beyond riding, and that is push yourself outside that comfort zone. Don't be afraid to make a few mistakes because it's those mistakes that strengthen us, make us stronger, and help us to grow as riders.
1: So, yeah. I'm think- never afraid to make mistakes. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm afraid to come off and get hurt. Making the mistake <laughs> is not so much a problem, <laughs> but you're right. You know, you you. Um, I rode ten miles on Sunday in a hundred pace, and there was plenty of opportunity to make small mistakes and adjust. And you know, you do something, you try something different, you grab some mane, maybe you change you, the angle of your bit or something. You just there's a lot of opportunity to, to mix things up. And then there's a lot of opportunity to say, "Oh, that didn't work. I made a mistake here. I made a mistake there um, but you also have to have a certain amount of um i guess humility and that's the interesting thing about some riders is I always wonder I wonder if you if you ask them this or if you can tell when you when you have a rider in front of you like, why are you there? Why do you ride what what is your what's going on in your brain? Are you able to make mistakes? Are you able to accept the challenge of making mistakes. Can you tell yeah. when you have a rider in front of you what what yeah, you have I right can. You? Yeah. You know what I can I can, I I'm
2: pretty sure I can tell I can tell before the rider even starts the clinic. You know how how they're going to uh how, how they're going to handle the clinic. How how they how they're going to feel in that clinic. Um uh you know we can sort of Generalize riders into into two schools: um, uh, the perfectionist and the realist. <laughs> okay, and the perfectionist lives their lives wanting to be perfect. Um, and unfortunately, the when we look at the perfectionist, um, and I love this quote: "Perfectionists think they need to be too good for their own good." Um, there is nothing perfect in what we do. You know, I've worked with some of the world's greatest riders. I've yet to see the perfect rider. Um, um, uh, so anyway, the perfectionism and the perfectionistic tendencies, they, they hurt. They hurt. They really do. They hurt our feelings. They hurt our potential. Um, because a rider, if they set the bar of expectation so high that they need to be perfect every time, and if they're not perfect, they feel frustrated and disappointed. Well, unfortunately, the frustration and the disappointment are such hurtful, deep feelings in, in the human. They're so, they're so hurtful. That they interfere with something more important, and that is the love of the ride. So, yeah, so, but
0: I gotta, I, I gotta say, not but, I, I wanna, I wanna jump in here. The perfectionist uh-huh. too. First of all, I, 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 wonder if there's a different sport they could have chosen that didn't involve an animal that also has a brain. But um, the perfectionist has to. It's so tough because they live. They're not just a perfectionist in their riding. They're perfectionist in everything they do. How do you overcome that? And can can everybody overcome that, or are there just people that just can't overcome that?
2: You know what? Great question. People can overcome it. They, they really can. Um, uh, I think this is so interesting. Habits, behavior patterns, muscle memory, these things are created in 21 days. So I truly believe that if a rider wants to Hard enough. If it means enough to them, if they're if they're if they're done, if they're over being upset, being frustrated because because they're never they're never living up to this lofty, high perfectionistic tendency of theirs. If they if they cry and they feel that this just isn't worth it anymore, if it, if their writing means enough to them, if they're willing to make the changes that are required, they do get to change. But you're right, Glenn. Who we are in our horse is who we are. You know, if if I invited a perfectionistic rider over to my house, they'd walk around my house and straighten all my pictures.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> so they would right. leave.
2: They leave. My house would be super clean. Mine would. They would um, dust
0: mine. So uh, they would yeah, dust yours, yeah. and they'd straighten out <laughs> mine. Yeah.
2: Um, but 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 what we need to do is we need to we need to sort of back up, and we need to remember why we ride. Do we? Did we start riding for for blue ribbons? Did we? Did we start riding to to, to beat an opponent? Did we start riding to move up a level?
0: Well, you know, I at think. At the end of the day, we didn't. the end well, day, we started riding. I, I would argue with you a little bit there. I think mm-hmm. that uh, 20, 30 years ago, it, there were probably more kids that got into riding just because they could have a backyard pony and they were riding for the fun of it and they were bareback and they were playing cowboys and Indians and blah, blah, blah. Nowadays, you have so many more kids that are coming directly into taking lessons for competition that never had that that experience that that for instance my wife did of having the backyard pony that they tr- truly did things they should have never done on um, <laughs> but they learned how they they did it for fun uh, so
2: they established the they established the love of riding before they established the love of the competitive spirit correct. and know, i think or, that's or the, or the don't you think win.
0: that's changing a little bit now because there's less you and less you
2: know what i yeah, I'm still going to take the high road. I'm, okay, I'm still going to take the high road and, and all right. Leave me down that. here
0: by myself. Go ahead.
2: You know, <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm going <laughs> to. Sorry about that. I'm still I, I'm still
0: going to. I don't know how Lena's staying we, out of it altogether. So
2: <laughs> you know, and, and we never want to generalize or, or, or create right, a stereotype I, I that that, that, yep. that it's it's a hundred percent deal that right. we're all doing you know the same thing for the same reason. But but I, I still believe that the the vast majority of riders become riders because one day their sister took them to the barn and they got to pet a horse and smell a horse and get bumped into by a horse and sit on a horse and feel it moving and get hooked you know i still believe that that the vast majority of riders are still starting because of the horse young youngsters who have that need for deep competition um I'm not so sure that they would look first towards horses because as you said earlier, there's such an uncontrollable, unpredictable uh, aspect to our sport. You know, so, so perhaps if a young youngster has this massive desire to be competitive and, and that sort of thing, I wonder if they wouldn't look towards other sports first. You know, I wonder if they wouldn't look in their neighborhood and say, I can join a basketball team or a hockey team or, or a gymnastics or a tennis team. Now, there are those riders. There are those youngsters and adults who start riding for the love of uh, of, of the competition, and and I and I think it's such a natural step to go from the love of the horse, the love of being with the horse, to testing the horse and showing off the horse at a horse show. So I think that's a that's a wonderful progression into the competitive arena. But I still have to believe, and, and, and I teach so many riders, and, and I think, well, did you know, the majority of my clients are young riders. Um, I still have to believe that from what I can tell, the vast majority of your riders are still starting for the love of of, of the sport. So, um, But like you mentioned, Glenn, it doesn't matter how much you love riding. If you're a perfectionist in your life, you're going to take that perfectionism with you onto your horse. Um, and uh, and and you know what? Being a perfectionist, at the end of the day, it's not it's not all gloomy. It's not all it's not all bad. For example, perfectionists make the world's best students. They listen more than anybody else. They arrive before everybody else. They stay later than everybody else. They work. They really do. They work harder than most everybody else. Perfectionists are wonderful students because they give 120%. But sadly, sometimes, since since they believe that they're the best student, oftentimes they mis- misinterpret that as meaning they're going to be the best competitors. And sometimes being the best student doesn't necessarily equate to being the best competitor. And you can just imagine how... How, 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 how hurtful that can be, you know, how, how upsetting that can be for a for youngster who works so hard, so much harder than everybody else, and then goes out and competes and sets this massively lofty high goal and doesn't reach it. And, and here's, so here's the sad part is that, is that, that if they continually set the, the goal towards perfectionism, you know, if they, if they jump 13 beautiful fences but they roll one rail, and then they go home and they cry because they rolled that rail, and they don't, and they forget about the 13 other great fences. The problem with that is, is that if it happens over and over, then that young rider might consider changing sports. And that's the one thing we need to, we need to avoid. We need to encourage the riders to, to focus on their strengths rather than their weaknesses. There's something called um, the abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset. The scarcity mindset is always telling ourselves what we're not good at and what we don't do well. Unfortunately, many of us, you know, uh, we have a pretty strong scarcity mindset. Um, for example, you, nev- you never see a rider spill ketchup on their britches to get really happy because they didn't get it on their, their, their shirt. You know, we just focus on the negative. Um, but what we need to do is, is change the riders from... Using that scarcity mindset, what they're not good at, what they're, what they're not doing well, and instead have them look at their abundance mindset. Tell themselves what they do do well, what they, you know, what they are good at. You know? So I left up those 13 fences. My distances were great. I bounced 13 wonderful fences. Now I pulled the oxer. I pulled the rail on the oxer. I'm going to go home and I'm going to ask my coach to help me work on oxer so I can leave it up in the future. Well, what they just use there is they use the abundance mindset. They focus on what they're good at. But they didn't avoid their troubles. They didn't avoid their imperfections. They learned from them. And they're willing to accept the imperfections, and they're learning to, you know, create that as a mistake and then try and fix it. And And I think at the end of the day, it's that attitude, using using the solution-focused mindset instead of just overly focusing on the problem, and then using the abundance-focused mindset. I think if we do that, we create we create solutions, we create improvement, and at the same time, we create that warm fuzzy wonderful positive encouraging confident feeling that needs to go along with being a good recreational or competitive rider so
0: well i can tell yeah, you an
2: interesting comment about per- perfectionisms yeah there's
0: a little bit of perfectionist in you um, and i say that because i have your new book in my hands, it's the perfect book. It's the perfect book. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It's the way, I, the, and, and unfortunately, Helena doesn't have hers yet. But she's supposed to get it today or tomorrow. This book is laid out so well. It is more of a. It's more of an instruction manual. Than a book, and it really then then a book you would just sit down and read cover to cover like a novel. This thing, and it's a lot different than your other books were in in the layout. And I really, for a guy with ADD, I really really like this. Um, you know, I, I wrote the
2: book for you. I knew I it.
0: it. <laughs> I knew it. And I am not a perfectionist, so you know that's uh, yeah. not something no, I have to deal with. I wrote with. the
2: book with. I wrote the book with lots of lots of cartoons for you. Glenn. Thank you.
0: I appreciate that. And what did I do when I? first got the book, Helena, I looked through every page and read the cartoons.
1: Oh totally. <laughs> that's, right. that's
0: the first thing oh, yeah. I
1: did. That's, what that's true. That's what that's I That's where did. he gets yeah. most of his information, news. It <laughs> 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 has to be animated. If you really want to get a point across to Glenn, animate it. That's
0: right. You better animate it and make it colorful. That's yeah. why we love Disney so much. But
2: well, you, you, you know what? And and I, I I I appreciate your 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 kind words. I I, I think that's wonderful. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um in and the book was written, believe it or not, to be a bit of a, a mental coaching or mental training manual. You know, so, so you know, for for your readers who, or I'm sorry, for your listeners who have the book, you they'll notice there are 40 or 50 or 60 fill-in-the-blank sections. There's um, uh, pressure-proof projects. You know, they can. Um, they can take a quiz on, on how they handle certain certain situations. So so the book is written a bit as a, as a training manual. It gives you information, and then it allows you to sort of test yourself, and then it will give you tips and step-by-step examples how to overcome um, being a perfectionist, for example. But at the same time, training manuals can be a bit dry. You know, I mean, if, if I were to pick up a training manual on, you know, a computer operating system. I'm going to expect that manual to be really good for me when I can't sleep. I'm going to expect that manual to put me to sleep. Well, so, and that's uh, why so the so they,
0: Dummies books came out. It was to make hard things simple. I mean... There
2: you go. And the Dummies, even the title, you know what the titles do? They lighten the subject. Right. Um, and so I'm hoping that the cartoons in the book will lighten the subjects. And then through the book there's plenty of jokes and, and silly stories And then, and then, and then there's lots of little sort of sidebars and text boxes. So you don't have to read a whole page. You can open up a page and just read a little, a little quote about somebody who got hit in the chest by a duck, you know, or you can read a little, a little fun fact, you know, Um, uh, take 17 muscles to smile, but 43 muscles to frown, you know, these are the kind of fun facts that are kind of scattered throughout the book, hopefully so that we can take a training manual and make it fun. You know, like 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 you said, like the the all those new dummy books. So the p- title wonderful. should have
0: been Pressure Proof You're Writing for Dummies? For Is Dummies. That... <laughs> <laughs> like Glenn. Oh, there we go. I got a new title for my next book. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you, Glenn? Should yes, I say, like Glenn. Pressure Proof You're Writing for Glenn? D- for Dummies <laughs> like Glenn. That's perfect. Like Glenn. Well, no, I,
1: you can count me in that. I'm a dummy. I might be happy to make mistakes, but I make a lot of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're, hey, if you're going to do
2: something, do it well. well no, that's over right. And over yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh my yep. God. Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: But uh, but no, the book, the publishers Trafalgar Square. They just you know they're just the best at what they do. They've always you know they've been the publishers for from you know everybody from Sally Swift to Linda Tellington Jones to you know to Danny Emerson. Regardless of, of you know the listener's discipline or sport level of recreation or competitive, Trafalgar Square has been the has been the 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 team that has always put together these wonderful books and they just did a great job with the layout, don't you think, Glenn? That the the colors and the,
0: oh, and yeah. the flow.
2: I just it's, thought they did a great job.
0: And it's so. really really easy to read and and it, it, you know again it doesn't read like a book or a novel, uh, the, you know. And because you have the activities uh, in here uh, almost every chapter, it mm-hmm. really forces you. It forces you if you do it. To think about what you've just read, it, and then to act on what you just read, it forces you to make that extra step. Which, which is the which is the most difficult. Anybody can read a book, but you're forcing them to deal mentally with these situations that you really are pressure proofing them in the book too, because you're forcing them to think about things they don't want to think about
2: hey, did, 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 did Helena or did you ever take those cosmos qu Cosmo quizzes? Oh <laughs> you my know, God, are you yeah. the right mate for your partner or you, you know those yes. cosmo quizzes? Yes. I yes. used to love taking those. I had a I had a girlfriend when I was younger, I took those quizzes and I learned so much about myself. Apparently I was just a tragically horrible boyfriend. But I learned <laughs> <laughs> I learned about myself. And and um so the book I, I, I think I think if I gave a hundred percent um, then I would teach some good information in the book, but I think if I give 120%, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach the information in the book, but then I'm gonna see if I'm going if I can help the the readers actually integrate that information into their life. And and Glenn, I think that's the whole purpose of the the fill in the blank, you know, worksheets at the end of every chapter is you just read about perfectionism. Um, so are you a perfectionist? Well, take this little quiz. You know, how would you handle this situation? What would you do? What would you think in this situation? And then at the end, you get a number, don't you? You know, it says, oh, I've scored seven on the quiz. That means I'm in the middle. That means, well, I have perfectionistic tendencies, but I'm doing okay. And then here are three things that I can do to move a little bit away from being a perfectionist. So, um, so the information is there, but, but I think those quizzes and, 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 and fill-in-the-blank, you know, uh, uh, um, worksheets at the end of the chapter. I think that's to help the readers take the information and integrate it into their actual lives.
0: So, uh, And I think that's so important. And, and And that's what takes it from being a book to a training manual, really, truly takes it oh, into something yeah. that's going to benefit you in the future rather than just something you read and forget.
2: That's what takes it from
0: a book to a perfect book. <laughs> 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 it's a perfect book. <laughs> uh, it is yeah. it, it is really good and I think you're going to sell a ton of these. I really do. Um it it's well, a, well, it's available now where?
2: So you know what? It's available everywhere. I you know again Trafalgar is real 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 good at at, at sort of uh, exposing the book. It's it's um released in Europe as well as in in the United States. Um so, so I have a lot of emails from people in Europe asking me how to get the book um but here in the united states it's um it 's on all the websites, so I just heard this yesterday. People can order it at amazon um but the delivery date on Amazon is November or december so
0: wow' so um
2: so i'm I'm not so sure that that 's the right way to go um uh, i I believe the best way to go would be to order it from my website because any book that 's ordered through me. Um, gets delivered with an autograph on it so um so if any of your listeners would like um you know would like an autograph copy of of pressure proof then they can just they can just you know click on it through my website and then there 's a little section on the order form who would you like me to dedicate the book to so so at that point you know uh, uh, one of your listeners could email me or and, and say I just purchased the book, please dedicate it to my horse and I, or please dedicate it to my pony club and I, or please dedicate it to my barn, you know, or or something like that. So I, I think it's wonderful. I have two or three autographed um uh, books on my bookshelf, and, and I don't put them on the bookshelf. I display them above the bookshelf because they become a bit of a special book. So if any of your listeners would like to purchase a dedicated and autographed copy, then they can just do that right at my website, which is stewardclinics.com dot com and uh and the price is all the same, but you get that really cool little piece of penmanship on the front cover.
0: I can see it now. He has his kids there signing books all night long. <laughs> I have
2: Yeah, I've got, I've got a group of you know, eight-year-olds signing my books. They're over in China working in it now.
0: No, I no, couldn't do that.
2: <laughs> they, could, they could do my autograph, though. My autograph looks exactly like what my kids do on the on the walls with crayons. But, um, yeah. Crayons?
1: Your kids only use crayon? Mine had a Sharpie. Had, oh, had a Sharpie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might want to just
2: go a box of crayons, Alina. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is great. So it's uh, stuartclinics.com, right?
2: That's right. It's plural. There's an S on the end of it. I think Stuart Clinic is stuartclinic.com I think it's some chiropractor guy. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, we don't want him.
2: So put, so. An S. put an S-, S on the end of it. Or they can just do the Google search. I'm pretty sure I. I come up Number one because it's the perfect book.
0: So. Well, this is <laughs> terrific. We 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 we, uh, we really uh, appreciate you stopping by and chatting with us. We could talk to you all day. Um, uh, it's So much fun! It's pressure proof. You're writing by Daniel Stewart uh, comes highly recommended by me. Anyway, I give it a full six flakes out of the bale. So. <laughs> Two
2: <laughs> well, hey, guys, and I sure appreciate you letting me talk about the new book. It, it was two and a half years in the making and, and lots of work with photographers and wonderful artists and a wonderful publishing team. And it means a great deal to me. I, I, I love the book. I think it's a, a wonderful book with a great message. And the message at the end of the day is, is keep doing what you love, but love what you do.
0: Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the EquiSketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. EquaSketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships, and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E Q U I S K E T C H.com. Equisketch.com. EquiSketch.com.
1: This man is a phenomenal coach. I know, Glenn, you and I, we talk about it all the time. Like, oh, we love Daniel Stewart. He yeah. writes perfect books. He's yeah, a great he's clinician. He's one of my
0: favorite guests, though, ever. He
1: really is. And he's just as good in person. And the, the passion and the authenticity behind what you hear here on, on our radio show, it is. It's authentic. He's the same way in person. The message is consistent. But most of all, I think the thing I love most about Daniel Stewart is he is a phenomenal coach.
0: I've seen him do – we've both seen him do different things. I, w- I had lunch with him and got to see him do a indoor clinic. It was wintertime, and he w- – I forget whether it was, it was a dressage association or somebody like that or pony – I don't remember. But uh, it was an all-day thing inside, uh, and you got to see him actually teaching with riders. So
1: I rode in one of his clinics. Yep. I audited a clinic. I went to um, – one at Equine Affair. I have his first book. Obviously, we You're a stalker. A I'm not a stalker. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, if
0: you were a stalker, you wouldn't be paying. You have to pay. So. You have to
1: pay. No, you know what it is. You know what it is. Um, I think in the equestrian world, there are no... There are no shingles to hang out that require certification. Anybody can, right. can call themselves a trainer or a coach. Whatever. Obviously, when you go up through the levels and you start doing the kind of coaching that Daniel's done, you ha- need to have some credibility and effectiveness in what you do. But that said, there are a lot of people, quote, unquote, at the top who really aren't all that and a bag of chips. You know what I mean? They, they get there. I don't know how they get there, but they're there. So when you see somebody who is genuine, who, who generally wants to support other riders it's what he does is not ego based it is supportive and helpful. You see it, they stand out from the crowd, and Daniel is one of those coaches, one of those teachers, one of those instructors. so you know you, you when you see it, you cling to it.
0: Well, we appreciate him taking the time to join us that's for sure. And get his book, everybody. I don't care. The other thing I wanted to point out when when he was on is that it doesn't matter what you do, whether you're a competitor or a backyard uh, trail rider or or whatever, you're going to get something out of this book. Even if you're not a rider. you're going to get something out of this book because it really is a book more about life and your attitude towards the mental positive side of life than it is just riding. So it, it accomplishes both of those things. So check it out. So you picked this product this week, Lena, our product highlight of the week, and it is something that I had never heard of.
1: It is I had never heard of it either until, the, until we attended the American Equestrian Trade Association show in August. Um, I met this the owners of the company. The name of the company is called Tight, and they make the OnTite magnetic stirrup system. And... I think it's pretty cool. I thought it was kind of cool technology. Of course, when you go to these trade shows, everybody's kind of talking about what the latest and greatest technology is. And technology comes and technology goes. What I found really interesting about their products is that um, it's new and it's innovative and it actually can revolutionize the way we ride. And it's applicable to all riders from the amateur, you know, the backyard horse owner and trail rider, all the way up to Olympic-level show jumpers. So what it is, should I say what it is?
0: Yes. (laughs) We won't know unless you tell us. (laughs) Okay.
1: What it is is um, it's a magnetic stirrup system, so there's two parts to it. There's the stirrup iron, and then there is a magnetic – piece that goes into the rider's boot. So you can either purchase the boot from OnTight or you can have your own boots fitted with this magnetic strip. And, and it's really simple to do. So I'm gonna start first with the, the boots. The folks who own OnTite they come from a bootmaking background. they these people are like the Italian bootmakers that make the best Italian riding boots out there. They know their footwear, they know their leather, they know boots. So the boots that come with this system are incredible. They're really high quality. The only difference between these boots technologically and the other riding boots on the market is that they feature this patented magnetic technology, which works with patented magnetic technology that's inside the stirrup iron. And what it does is it just creates enough of a magnetic grip To keep the rider's foot, the ball of the foot, in the ideal position for them in their stirrups. It's not like a, you know, it's like you find your perfect position and that's where your foot will stay. It doesn't lock you into the stirrups. It just creates enough of a grip so that you're not, you don't have to constantly readjust your foot to find that sweet spot. And that's pretty much it. But what does that do for the rider? Now, I don't have a pair of these. There, there are a pair coming. I'm going to be testing them out so I can give you the full report once they get here. But the idea is, is that because you're not constantly um, adjusting your foot and your stirrups, you're, you have greater comfort in your leg, you have greater stability and security in the saddle, and your leg aids are more effective. So you get comfort, you get effectiveness, and therefore you get performance.
0: Uh, does this mean that Jennifer would yell at me less for my feet being in the wrong place in the stirrups? Yes. See? It accomplishes the goal. I get yelled at less.
1: Because well, my yeah. foot's
0: always in the wrong spot and she's always getting on my case about it.
1: I, and I'm constantly readjusting my foot because I'm such a sensitive perfectionist. I, if my <laughs> If the ball of my foot isn't in that sweet spot in the stirrup, it drives me nuts, so I'm constantly readjusting. And I also have a bad habit of... I'm um, lifting my heel up because my, Brody's a little bit dull to the leg aids. He was a, a school horse for some time before I got him. So I really have to kind of dig my foot in sometimes if I'm not wearing spurs, and that I have a tendency to lift my heel up, which is not good. While I'm working on that, though, <laughs> um, you know, so my foot comes up on the stirrup, I lose my position. With this magnetic stirrup system, you lose your stirrup less. That doesn't help with the bad habit, but it does help you to focus on fixing the bad habit.
0: Now, is yeah. is a, is the magnet strong? Is it a real strong?
1: It is. Well, again, I have not ridden in them yet. Okay. That will come soon. Um, but what they've done is a lot of testing on how much grip it should have, so that they don't want to restrict the rider's foot, but they do want to create good contact between the boot and the stirrup iron. Um, you, it's very easy if you watch the videos on their website. All you have to do is gently twist your foot, it's just sort of an an angle of the way you take your foot out of the stirrups and it just comes right up. It breaks the magnetic force.
0: Oh, so if you you fall off, your foot's not going to get stuck in there because of the magnets.
1: Absolutely not. No, you can just be sitting at rest and gently rotate your foot and lift it up and it breaks the magnetic grip. It it doesn't take much um, but it does take a focused effort to get your foot out of the stirrup.
0: Boy, and if you want to find a nail in the paddock, you just walk around.
1: Oh, Maybe. I don't know. I don't think it works that way.
0: Oh, what's well, a magnet, right?
1: Uh, <laughs> otherwise your, your foot would be like attracted to you. I know, feet. I was
0: just thinking about it that. I think if you're walking across a metal grate or something, you're just gonna be stuck.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You probably yeah. need both sides. You
1: probably need that. And well here's um they are approved. Yeah, I was gonna uh, ask
0: you that. They're Is it approved? FEI
1: approved? Yep. Yep, it's F E I approved for show jumping. Um, we're not, I'm not quite sure if it's FBI approved for, um, eventing yet. And I don't know about dressage. So we're finding that out and they report every time they get some kind of, they reach some kind of, um, competitive milestone, they'll put it up on their website or Facebook. Uh, but I know that Laura Kraut is a huge fan of those. She uses these in competition. She's used them in like four Olympics. Um, Philip Dutton has used them, but I don't know that he can use them at the upper levels of competition because I'm not sure if they're approved for that level yet. But I know he's a big fan and he does, does and has used, used them. And there's a whole host of pro riders that are big fans. So, you know, it's not some gimmick. It, it, it actually helps increase your performance. For, like, me, an amateur rider, especially one who's, you know, got a grafted ACL, it's really going to help improve your comfort level in your stirrups, especially for long hours in stirrups like when you're hunting. Very good. Well, where can you find them? Um, you can find them on their website at ontight.com, com o n t y t e, or you can just search them on Facebook. And um, there's lots of information. There's great videos, photographs, and the cool thing is, is they have like this booty system that you can try. So if you go to a local tax store that carries the ontite system, um, but you don't want to invest in buying it, then they can send you home with this little booty in the stirrup and you can see whether or not this type of grip and support is helpful for you. Oh, cool.
0: Well, very good. And I noticed that on their website, there is a search function and everything. So um, you can you can check it out there. But it's O-N-T-Y-T-E dot com. That's the Italian way of spelling tight.
1: Yes. Uh, just
0: kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Helena. Well, that's it for this week. We've plain run out of time. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget about the app. Download our app at, uh, Hor- just search for Horse Radio Network in the iOS or the Android app store. And for details about today's show, go to StableScoop.com. And for all the past episodes of StableScoop, that's where you can find them. If you want to listen to some of da- Daniel's other interviews we've done with him, it's very easy. Just go search for Daniel Stewart on our website at StableScoop.com. It'll bring up all the episodes that he's been in. You can do that for anybody, actually. Uh, and uh, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Stable Scoop, and you can comment there or send us an email. It's helena at horseradionetwork.com and glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. We also need to thank our sponsors, and uh, we have three great ones today, Kentucky Performance Products, Equasketch, and Road to the Horse. That's it, Helena. We're out of here. We
1: are, we are. That was plenty for this week, but there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping.